You're listening to Track, Map, Measure with host Sean McIntosh, covering the latest thought leaders and technology in construction to understand what is building the world around us. Chris, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thanks for having me. I look forward to our conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, just to give our users um, you know, an idea of what we're going to chat about today, I invited Chris Troutman of Finning Caterpillar on to just talk about the state of heavy machinery, labor shortage, and how technology are helping his customers you know, be a little bit leaner, meaner uh, you know, in the work that they're doing. So just to start it off, Chris, I mean, you yourself in, in your years at CAT, how have you seen the equipment game change in the last few years? So what we're starting to see integrated into the DNA of machines is productivity technology and safety technology. Caterpillar next-gen excavators, for example, other than the GC models, come with CAT-grade 2D with assist, which is an industry exclusive, and also safety technologies such as eFence, which provide a safer work environment for operators. Fantastic, yeah. And so just break both of those back a little bit. Like let's let's go into the details of the 2D and the safety functionality that happens, you know, give people a better understanding of of what it can do for them. Okay, so before we uh, talk about 2D technology, let's just differentiate between 2D and 3D GPS. So 2D GPS in excavator or tractor applications means that the operator knows where their cutting edge is relative to the machine, not, not geospatially referenced though. So the difference between the 2D technology, which is great, 2D is great for simple designs, digging a basement, building a flat pad, doing some simple trench work versus 3D technology. 3D technology is, is geo-referenced. So it does involve a little bit more infrastructure and pre-work, which we're going to get into a little bit later. 3D technology is where you have a site plan loaded into a machine or, or you create one in the field. And the machine, the operator knows where the machine and the cutting edge is relative to that plan. So if you have uh, some complex contours, you have lots of slopes, the operator is able to be spatially aware vis-a-vis the machine file. Right. That's the excellent. safety yeah. technology. Oh. And I'm just going to say, what, what has that meant for your contracting customers? Um, you know, having that machine um, integrated with the technology that lets the operator, you know, know exactly where they're at. Has that helped them say, you know, be able to keep up with maybe high turnover? Like, can they bring more experienced or inexperienced people in and just set them in the, the cab and they'd be a good operator? So 3D GPS machine control and 2D cat grade with assist can help a contractor guarantee a minimum level of production from lesser experienced operators. So part of uh, the challenge that a lot of contractors have right now is attracting and retaining skilled operators. A lot of baby boomers are retiring. And anecdotally, I even heard that the pandemic has put some baby boomers into early retirement. They're just choosing not to work a couple, two, three more years like they had planned before they're retiring and possibly for health reasons, just deciding to retire early. So contractors are having to do more with less. 
they have uh, young and eager millennials that are not as experienced and not as skilled and technology can help to bridge that gap. It's also interesting to consider, you know, growing up, all I ever heard in high school or in university was you want to stay away from the trades. The, the trades are, you know, dirty and unsafe. And that's just simply not true. And I think technology and tech savvy companies are able to do a better job of attracting in the first place millennials and, and retaining them and giving them interesting work environments. It's really cool to see heavy equipment and the earthworks industry in a tech savvy backdrop where we marry really complicated 3D GNSS cat grade systems with really big iron. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. And it seems to be consistent with everything we're seeing in, in this day and age. I mean, if, if you don't have almost a digital twin of everything you own, it's it seems like you're going backwards. So to the, the, the digitization of the physical world is it, it's just the way that things are heading. So like, why not take our construction space there too? You know, just because it is big yellow pieces of iron pushing dirt does not mean that you cannot be, you know, digital in that sense. And so I guess, you know, that, that plays in, I think you mentioned labor shortage being a, a real thing, which it's, it's hard to believe that when you look at say like the stats of the U S where, you know, employment is at, at an all time low, we don't have people jumping at jobs into these blue collar industries. And are you seeing that consistently in Alberta too? Like it, it seems to me like I would have absolutely no problem jumping into one of these machines. And, and if, if, you know, if I was looking for work, there would be no, no issue at all. Are you seeing that consistently across Alberta too? I, I think it's a worldwide uh, phenomenon that has been engendered by the school systems that we go through. It's difficult to attract millennials and it's particularly difficult to retain them as well. Right. And yeah. that that has economic impacts for contractors as well. When you bid a job, the you bid tight, especially right now during the pandemic, and you plan on having a certain amount of production. And when you don't have your skilled baby boomer retire uh, workers, it's really difficult to achieve that production. And that's where technology comes into play. In um, 2015, I know this is a little bit out of date, but McKinsey and company did a economic analysis of heavy construction and construction versus the broader economy and found that labor productivity per hour in heavy construction is legs far behind manufacturing or even just the broader economy in general. So this industry is ripe for production gains and that is going to stem from using technology. Right, right. And that's like a, a really interesting side bonus to, to what technology integrated with machines can do is, is that it can attract new workers too. Um, and, you know, we've been specifically talking about the on-machine stuff, but, you know, there, there are other pieces of technology that can help attract the younger people. I know in the industry that I work in, which is, is primarily drone surveying for construction, 
it's it's almost been a requirement of having any interns or say new starters come on board and have their part 107 or have done their basic and advanced training through Transport Canada. It's just becoming a requirement. And in doing so, they're now attracting people that are maybe, you know, educated in surveying, GIS, um, you know, remote sensing, kind of like these related industries but not identical to construction and they're pulling in these you know really tech savvy young people into the companies they're really going to just drive those efficiencies and and it can be through the on machine stuff it can be through uh drone surveying um it's just it it is interesting to see it go that way and i think it's it's headed in a really positive direction absolutely the tech champions that i see employed by our customers are almost always younger and they have a variety of different skill sets most of the time a technical skill set of some type like you mentioned surveying is extremely popular and they're utilizing that skill set in in the peripheral earthworks industry and and their employers are accruing a lot of benefits and economic benefits in particular from having a, a fresh approach in, in an old industry uh, one one thing that we kind of veered away from was the safety aspect, and I think you had a little bit more to elaborate on that. So just for the users who are on there, what, what are some of the technologies that are helping people also be more safe on the job sites? So there's a, there's a variety of safety technologies. Um, we have backup cameras, which are available on next-gen next gen excavators. We have 360-degree cameras on next-gen excavators to provide that spatial awareness and blind spots in these massive 20-ton plus machines and we also have e-fence and e-ceiling and e-floor so if you know there's something under your tracks at a certain depth you can actually use e-fence in a next-gen machine to set a floor whereby you won't go past that it's really helpful to prevent operators from hitting an underground utility from hitting an overhead power line or from swinging too far into traffic when you're doing a tight job yeah and if that technology is facilitated by the 2d technology that's on the machine so that's really interesting i i don't think i actually know knew that you had uh like 360 degree cameras on the top of the machines do you think we ever get to a, a place where you can use either again like a, a 360 camera on the top or say even like a, a lidar like a laser sensor to physically map the world around you. So you've got the machine, which is tracking its last pass over the surface, but what you're missing oftentimes is, is the peripherals you're missing, you know, to the left and the right of the machine where it's not passing. Do you see there being a world where you can use a sensor mounted on a machine to be physically like mapping the elevations, not just at the direct footprint of the uh, machine, but you know, around it as well. I, I do as, as a, the ECMs, the equipment control modules are becoming more advanced. The, the computers on board. One day we will have some. We'll have a instant feedback loop that's updating the entire site in real time, and possibly even providing suggestions on how to more intelligently move Earth and only move it once. So, suggesting cuts and fills. On our uh, CAT command system, which is a remote control system, we have a couple different offerings. We have the console offering, and then we have the command center offering where you can remotely operate machines. There are 
secondary failsafe systems, which include LIDAR for co collision avoidance purposes. So another layer of safety technology. And I, I do believe one day that there will, we will have productivity and measurement technology integrated in real time, as you stated. So one thing I see with uh, a lot of at least my customers who are utilizing the drone technology, but not uh, not fully capitalizing on the, the on-machine stuff, is that with those mapping machines, um, there's often, you know, a mix of mapping and non-mapping machines. So when you're analyzing that data data later, if if you don't have something, say, flying overhead like a drone, or you don't have something on the machine that's also tracking where it's not passing, you're your virtual reality or your virtual world, which is what, you know, your data is showing may get out of track with, with reality. So what I mean by that is if you've only got half the pieces of equipment tracking themselves, it's like, and you've got other ones that are moving around, you know, that last pass of a machine that's not mapping might have a five foot cut, but we're not seeing that in the digital world. Uh, do you also have some of your customers say utilizing drones to fill in, help fill in those gaps for those non-mapping machines? Or how have you seen people deal with that? So the majority of drone usage that I see is site analytics and volume calculations. So having flying work sites to see how much earth has been moved and how much earth needs to be moved. Um, interestingly enough, we do have customers that support their progress billings, particularly when they're in a unit revenue job. So they're getting paid per cubic meter they use uh, drone analytics reports that are generated by Trimble Propeller to support their billings. We do have some customers that are starting to use drones. If they have a simple job, which wasn't pre-engineered per se, they don't have a digital design file, they don't have a vector PDF from the engineering house, they can take a drone, do a topo, get that original ground surface, and then render a, a design themselves. Interesting. Okay. So, so you're meaning they're, they're just taking into control the surveying aspect. So rather than relying on what's been provided they're they're going to go have a means of capture themselves right. and then make adjustments to the design as needed. Absolutely. And using their own drone survey to support change orders. Um, a lot of the times, uh, what when you get to site it's very different than when you bid the job and were awarded the job and it's important that contractors use drone surveys to help manage their own risk so would you say that um you know let's let's take it back to just the the machine stuff um but would you say that there's some some clear examples with uh, some of your customers who were those early adopters where where now they've they've experienced a, a large amount of growth like because we, you know, in, in the technology industry where we're trying to stay cutting edge all the time, we rely on those early adopters to sort of pick this up and then be the voice. Do you have some customers of yours that are consistently the early adopters? And, and what sort of benefits have you seen them them get from this? You know, we, we have a wide range of customers. We have customers that were the early adopters to machine control and productivity in general a few years ago. And then we have customers that are adopting today. So I, I would say the profile of the early adopters were the large international contractors working on high profile infrastructure projects where there are hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. 
and technology helps them to generate a handsome cash flow from their project p l where there's a lot of risk at stake but we're we're starting to see a different profile of customer we're starting to see customers that are much smaller working on smaller jobs that may or may not be have a lot of contours and be complicated and i do have one example of a, a smaller contractor last summer this contractor purchased his first 3d cat grade d6k2 it was a used piece never had machine control before has a pretty tech savvy young millennial operator who was just eager to learn and was a sponge to pick up as much information as possible. Our group did some training. He purchased a base station and he told me after the first job he did, he finished a really large pad in with one tractor as opposed to two. It would have regularly taken him two tractors without the use of technology and he was immediately sold. So he's just purchased his second 3D machine. He just purchased a next gen excavator with aftermarket Trimble Earthworks. And he is able to stay busy and grow during the pandemic because he's bidding tighter and he's still making really good returns because of his use of productivity technology. And it's also providing him with some flexibility in terms of hiring on a project basis, attracting with social media as part of his strategy operators. Yeah, that's incredibly interesting. I mean, it's, uh, again, the, the benefits seem like twofold where we're, we're not only able to um, bid things a little tighter because we know we're going to be more efficient, but we're also helping to attract those staff that, uh, you know, that are ultimately going to help us complete the jobs and, and be the ones who kind of take over on this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm starting to see social media becoming more and more important to contractors and I, I think five or ten years ago if we would have said that somebody would have laughed at us or the wide majority of people would have but as the baby boomers are retiring we're getting millennials and gen x's into the workplace they're on social media all the time and what better a place is there to attract them in terms of the labor market and when there is the competition for the scarce labor resources young younger people are going to gravitate towards the more tech savvy work environments in my opinion 100% 100% so that one particular contractor that i that i alluded to he's he's growing quite significantly right now even this year during covid and he has even more growth plans for next year yeah that, i mean that that really and it all started off with just one machine that really speaks volumes yeah so i i mean we've talked a little bit about the application labor shortage things but we haven't really talked about like the the actual data so we know machine control is going to help that operator be a little bit better you know they're going to cut to grade easier it's if it's not controlling the machine it's giving direct feedback but what what are the people typically doing with their data and and how are they using that to drive better decision making um, or even better yet, you know, approach the next project in a unique light. So I think that's a, a two-part question. So this, this, let's just step back before we get into the data analytics. Before you can fully utilize a 3D machine, you do need a machine file. So there's some data prep that's needed to be done in order to use a 3D CAD grade system. So when an 
contractor for the first time makes an investment in productivity technology, they either need to hire a surveying outfit that has the technical competence to create a machine file or get their surveyor to learn that skill or hire that skill into the workplace. So there is a bit of infrastructure that's required. It's not, you don't just buy the 3D machine and send it out onto the job site and make money. 3D machine control is incredibly impactful. It will allow you to do more with less, but there is a bit of infrastructure that needs to get set up as well. Um, the second part to your question is what are our customers doing with their data? I think most customers collect that are into technology, they collect data from a variety of different sources. So Caterpillar machines come with product link devices. Vision Link is the Caterpillar Trimble connectivity platform that provides awareness in terms of where a machine is, how many hours it has, uh, what type of maintenance fault codes are perhaps being generated. And then there's also data that could be collected off a 3D system. If we put a modem onto a 3D cat grade system or a Trimble Earthworks system, we can backhaul a lot of different information via pressure sensor, how much volume has that certain machine moved in a certain day, and then we can overlay volumes moved by all the machines on a certain site on top of the site plan. So we can see where progress is at. But I, I believe there's more data being collected than we are currently use, using. So we're only using a fraction of the data. We've made a lot of strides in terms of economic benefits and productivity in our industry, but there's a massive opportunity for data analytics to ingest all the data that is flowing and create intelligent, digestible action items. That's a really unique perspective. And, you know, I think I've even personally seen that too. It, it's a bit of the chicken and the egg. It's like we, we don't know what to build until we know what data can be collected. Um, so it's like one of those things where, of course, like people don't know exactly what needs to be done with all that information or what can be done. But, you know, just the fact that a lot of people are now becoming wise to what can be done with this information means that more people are going to collect it. And with the data being collected, there's going to be more unique perspectives on how we can use that to, to analyze the information. And um, so there's obviously a bit of a learning curve to this, and it's not just like, you know, get the equipment installed and, and you're ready to go. You mentioned there's a process in, in uh, you know, getting the, the right model built. But what would you say the, the learning curve is in, in getting, say, you know, set up with, with grade control or what's a typical runway look like? Just help me to understand that. that I mean, that's going to be completely dependent upon how advanced a certain contractor is. So I would say all your international and national contractors, they already have a survey department. That survey department's probably doing GPS surveying. Their pathway to utilizing 3D machine control is going to be much smaller and less complicated than if we have, in Alberta, we have some earthworks contractors that might be used to doing earth moving the old school way with stakes and for those customers, they're going to have to 
build out a, you know, they're going to have to appoint a technology champion. They're going to either have to have machine files created for them or develop that skill set in house. And they're going to have to do a site calibration. So that's done by a surveyor. I, I would say most customers have a surveyor. And so they either need to hire a surveyor that can create a machine file or they need to have their surveyor learn how to create machine files as well. Yeah. So important to not look like, sorry. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, so it sounds like it's important not to downplay that there is a learning curve with this. Um, Not saying that it's incredibly steep, you know, it could be shallow with, with the right kind of people on your team, but sounds like there there needs to be a baseline understanding of what it takes to get this in place. But, you know, generally when it isn't in place, I mean, you know, what are some of the, the returns or, or main benefits that you see your customers getting? Uh, just being able to do more with less, being able to utilize less machines. They can reduce their capital invested in equipment and take on the same amount of work. And maybe they can even take on more work. I've had anecdotally, some customers tell me with machine control, my tractor can now almost replace my motor grader. I, instead of floating two machines into do a job i only need one machine so that means i only need one operator that means less wear and tear less maintenance costs less fuel so there's an environmental footprint benefit there's an economic benefit and there's being able to bid tightly and stay relevant in the marketplace and in the marketplace when a lot of your competitors don't have that same ability so there's a competitive, there's a very large competitive advantage with technology. In other parts of the world, in Europe and in Japan, for in, instance, machine control is much more prevalent. It's even mandated by the government on certain jobs. We are starting to see that in Western Canada as well. Um, just for example, there's an oil company in Northern Alberta and before you're able to do any type of lease work or maintenance work, you actually have to have machine control enabled to be able to bid on a job with this company. And not only that, you have to have three references that state you know how to use machine control. So you can't just buy it and slap it on and say you have machine control. Wow, that's really interesting. I, I believe yeah. in the, I be, yeah, I, I believe the marketplace is taking us there before government regulation is taking us there. So in, in order to even just stay relevant, I believe in the next five years, you're going to have to adopt machine control. Interesting. No, that's a really interesting perspective, Chris. I haven't really thought about it being like government mandated, but I can 100% see that even even just from the safety aspect, you know, an example you used earlier of, of having an operator know that on a tight road job, they're not swinging into traffic. So I, I 100% agree with you. So, you know, just as we kind of wrap things up here, so as someone who is curious but doesn't really know where to start and wants to understand if this can help them uh, on their job site, what are some good resources that you can point them um, to to like at least get their feet wet? Please reach out to myself, to our SciTech, to the technology champion at your cat dealer, to the SciTech that operates in your area. One really important thing about technology is not to try to implement it on a just a carte blanche manner you need to do it in an appropriate way that makes sense for your business so like i mentioned before 
we have 2D cat grade with assist on next gen excavators. That might be a great starting point for a lot of customers, especially if you're doing work like digging a basement or just building a flat pad. 2D grade control is probably in a more appropriate and economic fit for that job than 3D machine control. You don't have to you don't have to start it all at once. For some customers, even just connecting a machine with a product link device to see how many hours are on it and where that machine is and how much it's been utilized in a certain day, that's very impactful as well. We had one one customer in the oil sands, very large customer, it saved an extraordinary amount on fuel because just by putting product link devices on all these contractors' machines, the idle time went from forty percent to twenty percent. So yeah. every every customer is at a, is at a different stage in relation to technology, and different technology makes sense for different applications. We have a really wide and broad offering, and not every technology is right for every customer. So please talk to your experts at your cat dealer and your SciTech to determine what makes sense for your business. I think that's great advice, Chris. Yeah, it it, it sounds like. You know, start with the consultation first, figure out what's what's the right fit. Um, and then, you know, don't necessarily just think you have to invest all at once. It sounds like starting from the bottom is, is a really great place, starting from a place of nothing, just one at a time, build it up. Um, and it also sounds like you need to hire some young millennials to, to operate it. <laughs> it sounds like a, where you need to be. You're going to have to do that at one point anyways. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, Chris, I, I want to thank you so much for uh, joining me today. I think this was a really great call. You gave me some, um, I know, I, I learned a few things and had some really interesting insights, so I could not appreciate your time more. Thank you for having me. It was great. Yeah, awesome. So for all the users out there, I'll be uh, posting Chris's uh, contact information in the show notes, so please feel free to check there and reach out to Chris if you have any questions. Uh, some other resources that he mentioned on there was just reaching out to your, um, your Caterpillar dealer or your SciTech dealer. So either of those resources would be a great place to uh, get in and start learning about machine technology. So thanks for listening, and we'll catch you in a couple weeks' time. Bye.